Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. So we're going to finish this series called Better Today. We started the first week and it was a better you, then a better y'all, then a better home, and today a better way. Today, let's take a look at a better way. Everybody I know is looking for a better way to do something, a better way to get fit, a better way to lose weight, a better way to a job, a better way to write a book, a better way to anything. I'm looking for a better way to lead a church. I'm looking for a better way to try and guide my time. I'm looking for, everybody's looking for a better way. Well, before we have a better way, I would suggest that we better figure out where we're at. You know, when you get in your car, you get on your phone and you plug in uh, where you want to go, it first determines where you're at. So then it can tell you how to get where you're going. And I want to encourage us today to figure out, first of all, before we have a better way, let's figure out where we're at. Let's try to determine the where we're truly at. If it's a better marriage, better family, better job, no matter what it is, we have to know where we are so we can figure out how to get where we're going. Listen to what the text says uh, in Romans chapter 7, beginning in verse 15. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. In in verse 18, and I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle in life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Sound familiar? Yeah, I mean, think about it. If you sat here today and thought, if you were listening or reading that text, you thought, that's me, congratulations. But if you were here today and when you heard or read that text, you thought, oh, that's speaking to somebody else, now we have another problem. Because if we're going to figure out where we are, the text is pretty clear that all of us, from the time of Adam and Eve, we all, we were born with this nature to sin. We're all addicted to sin. You say, well, Chuck, I'm a good guy. That's not the question. The question is, isn't how good you are. The question is, are we all good people? And the answer is, well, we all have a sinful nature. The scripture says, man, we all have a wicked heart. Think of how easy it is to sin. People ask me all the time, but Chuck, why do I sin? Because it's fun. Because I feel like I want to. Because it sounds right at the time. Because the devil made me do it. We can just go on and on, couldn't we? But let's face it, we're all addicted to sin. And if you're sitting here tonight and you're saying, today, and you're saying, no, I'm not addicted to sin, then your sin is pride. I mean, it's almost like you can't win. But what are we going to do with this concept of saying, wait a minute, I'm a miserable person. I'm, a, I'm addicted and I'm trapped in this sin. <clears throat> if, if that's us, then let's, let's accept this one thing, that nothing really changes in something, until something really changes. I mean, that's counseling 101. Nothing changes until something changes. If where we're at is the fact that we are not all that God desires us to be, we're we're never where God has for us. He wants the best for us. Like a loving father, he has a plan for us. He wants us to be able to enjoy all of the benefits and all the freedom that comes from being his child. 
then how do we go from being that person who has a wicked and an evil heart that has a natural desire to sin, where do we go from there? Well, I think God's got a plan. We go back to the reason we believe the Bible is a very big deal. In James chapter 1, beginning in verse 23, here's what the text says. <clears throat> For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for, do it, for doing it. Now watch this. You see what we do next as we look into the perfect law. Leave that up for a minute, guys. And I want you to think about this. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, Wait a minute. It's like glancing at a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But, I mean, that's a big but right there. But if you look carefully into the, and here's the two words that are key for us, perfect law. What is the perfect law? The scriptures. And then the question asked Jesus, what's the most important law? And how did Jesus put that? The, the, the most important law is this, that you love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. You love others as you love yourself. Everything else, all the other teaching, falls underneath that. And so when we look into the perfect law, what do we find? Freedom. What do we have when we live free? We have peace. So now, if you see that progression, we start off and we're recognizing where we're at is we have an addiction to sin. That sin traps us and has us enslaved. And the fact that we are never going to be all God wants for us while we're trapped in that place. Well, how do we get out of there to get where we're going? James says, look into the perfect law. Look to what the scripture says. What does the scripture say? The scriptures say that we all come short of the glory of God, which is perfection. And because of that, then we don't deserve heaven. But God loved us so much that he sends Jesus and Jesus gives his life, sheds his blood, He's buried, risen from the dead. So he died, was buried, and risen from the dead as payment for all, our, all of our selfishness, all of our sin. And James says that perfect law that tells that story, look there, trust that, because that Jesus is where you're going to go. That's how you're going to live. How are we going to live then after we've looked into the perfect law, after we've decided we want to be set free, after we've decided to leave the addiction and we want to trust Christ to take us not just to heaven, but into abundance in our life right now? What do we do and what are the, what are the, what are the things that are going to happen to me when I do that? Well, watch this real quick. Number one, we're going to have a lot of hope. <coughs> we're going to have a lot of hope. I don't know about you, but we need a lot of hope. I need a lot of hope. This world needs a lot of hope. You say, well, how do you know that? Let's go back to the perfect law. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Christ Jesus is revealed to the world. What then shall we do with this freedom? So the, the, very, the very existence of hope is found in the same person and the same perfect law that pulls us out of being a slave to sin. So if you started as a slave to sin and we look to the perfect law, to Christ to come out of that slavery to sin, what then does that freedom give us? Hope. What kind of hope does it give us? It gives us hope that we can have life and abundance here and life in heaven for eternity. But watch what that hope causes us to do. It causes us to pray. 
Well, now, Chuck, I, I don't know about that prayer thing. I don't really know how to do all that prayer thing. Well, I want to encourage you that anybody and everybody can push the green button on their cell phone to talk to God, and you can leave that conversation open all day long. It will lead you to pray. Listen to what Luke chapter 11, verse 9 said. And so I tell you, <coughs> keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For many of us, we prayed one time, God would you, and it's not his timing and we just quit. Now here's one of the greatest lessons we can learn about hope and prayer. Are you ready? There's a big difference in what you hope for and what you pray for. It is one thing to have hope. It is another to tangibly pray with hope. Now, let me show you what the difference is. If you know that you know that you know God hears and answers your prayers, you pray not just with hope, but with faith. Last week when, when uh, Tripp and I went over to, to Claire White's house, and we prayed over her and anointed her with oil, like the book of James says. We prayed with great hope and anticipation that God would do a work and as the surgeons worked on her body that next day. And you know what we were able to see through that? God at work. The other night, Joe and I went over to Kennesaw and we, 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 we prayed over Hector Acevedo and anointed him with oil and, and we prayed for God to do a work and work. I'm not saying there's magic in that. What I'm saying is, that when you pray with faith, it is different than when you have hope. But when you have hope and you pray with faith, it is a powerful thing. And I want to invite you to have the hope of glory in your mind as you pray with faith. When that prayer happens, what, what is that next thing that's stirred up inside of a believer? I believe it is that we're going to learn to serve people. Just like the, 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 the PATH Project, just like Backpacks, just like Kenya, just like Haiti, just, just like the schools that we're partnering in. What I find here is that when people have hope and people are speaking with God on an ongoing basis and we're having God talk, just like Anissa was having right then, what we're going to see is that people naturally serve. Remember what Jesus said? This is the greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Love others as you love yourself. So how do you love others best? You serve them. What did Jesus say about being a servant? You cannot be great unless you're willing to be a servant. If you want to know how to measure how well your servanthood is, ask yourself this question. <coughs> how did I act or respond the last time somebody treated me like a servant? If when somebody treated you like a servant and said, hey, would you clean that up? You thought, no, I'm better than that. Then, then you're, you're not doing so good on the servant meter. If somebody on the other hand says, hey, would you mind helping? And you jumped in or you were already at work at it, you know that you're pegging the meter on that servant meter. What did Jesus say? If you want to be great, you have to become a servant. I don't know anybody that doesn't want to be great. I don't know anybody that woke up this morning and said, you know what I'm good at? Mediocrity, and I'm not moving off of it. When we have hope, we pray. When we pray in faith, we serve. When we serve, we always give. Listen to what the text says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 28. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow, and then I'll help you. You know what you're going to do? You're going to help now. Now listen, when we say give, everybody runs to money, and that is part of it. If you can help, give. Give of yourself. Give of your time. Give of your money. But let your heart be clean. Listen, you, there's only one good reason to give. Are you ready? You're going to give because of your love and gratitude for all Christ has done for you. 
But folks, at times, they'll, they'll say to me, well, I'll tell you what, if you don't start singing hymns, we're not going to give. Keep your money. I'm cool with that. Well, I'll tell you what, Chuck, if you don't do this, and we're not, we're not going to give. Okay. Do, use it somewhere else. I can live with that. If, if you're here, Chuck, well, you kind of guilted me into giving, so I give. Keep your money. Because, see, there's only one good reason to give. We give because we're grateful for all that the divine has done for us, for all that the divine is doing for us now, and for all they will do. We, we give for all these things to happen, not, not so that we give to the church. You're not giving to this church. You're giving to Christ. When you serve people in the name of Jesus, you, you might be helping the church, but who's the church? You are. You see, what will happen is when we come out of that slavery of to sin with hope and prayer and service and, and giving, what we're really saying is, I wake up every day, I'm going to live my life with an open hand, and I'm going to serve people in need, and I'm going to help people in need. And you know what I found? There is no shortage of people that need to be served and no shortage of people that need to be helped. They're everywhere. Now, i got to be honest with you. Let me, can I just have you back if you checked out on me already? We're about done. When I started this pastorate some six years ago, I wanted to pastor a big honking church, and I wanted this church to grow, and I said all the right things. I mean, I said all the sweet things, so it didn't sound like some narcissistic jerk as a pastor wanting to pastor a big church, but in my heart, I wanted to. I really did. And somewhere about year three, God just beat the crud out of me. And I, I remember, I've never told this story to the church before, but I remember I, I had a table and I was preaching and it, it was just as sure as the Lord reached down and pulled my earlobe up and said, I don't know what you're so proud of. You haven't even kicked up any dust in this community. There's families in need. There are school children in need. There are hungry people all over the place. And all you're worried about is how many fannies sit in a seat here on Sunday morning. And he took me to the woodshed. I'm not proud to have to tell you that. But I will tell you this. I am confident we will never be the biggest church in this community. But bless God, we're going to have the biggest heart. We're going to serve people as much as we can serve people. We're going to help people as much as we can help people. The more we hope, the more we pray, the more we serve, the more we give. Listen to this, and this is the last point. The more we stay in contact with the divine and on his road to blessing and peace. Listen to what the text says in Colossians 3, 2. When you do all those things, you know what you're going to do? You're going to think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. In your business, you know what we're asking you to do? Think of the things of heaven, not the things on earth. In your school, the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Listen, friend, the, the equation here is pretty simple. If I know where I am and I know where I'm going, and if I add to that hope and prayer and service and giving, then I will stay in the arms of the divine, and to me that is a better way. How about you? Isn't that a better way? Lord, thank you that you offer us a better way. A better way to serve, a better way to learn, a better way to grow, a better way to raise our children, a better way to run our business. 
a better way to, to love people, a better way to run a church, a better way to learn. Lord, speak into our life what our part of all this is. Give us the desire to, to speak and live our life in hope and prayer and service and giving that we might stay in your arms and that we might feel you say over and over again, my child, I love you. My child, I love you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, our King, our Savior, and our Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.